Hey, welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? Today, we're going to finish the conversation we started last week with my husband, Jonathan, Mr. Sunday Afternoon. We are talking marriage. In this episode, we'll give some more simple but powerful tips about building and protecting your marriage, why it's crucial to show love and respect to one another, and I'll share the components of my favorite lunch right now, and I'll give you a hint, it's European-inspired. This is episode 16. Here we go. So thank you for being back with me for another week. I'm so excited to pick up this conversation that we began last week with my husband, Jonathan. It was so much fun to sit down and share our story from each perspective, like each each of us was in a different place and so many things came together and it was so fun to reflect back on how we were brought together. I hope it was encouraging to you. I hope you have gotten a chance to share your story with someone this week. That was one of the main things we had just left off saying at the end of the episode last week, episode 15. So you know, Valentine's Day was this past week and I had encouraged people on Instagram and Facebook like to consider maybe not checking social media much that day. I have found that on holidays or celebrations and events like Valentine's Day, if I spend too much time scrolling and looking at what other people are doing to celebrate, I usually end up feeling discouraged or disheartened. And I could have even had like the greatest day, but because I'm comparing to other people and some people do some pretty phenomenal things. So, you know, you can like think your Valentine's Day is going pretty pretty well and then you get on social media and you go oh and your heart sinks because somebody else did something fabulous or got this incredible gift from their spouse so anyways just over the years I have learned like those are days I need to be careful and just not really be on social media but I haven't ever taken a real firm stance on it like for myself so this past week I did not check social media after I think it was like the mid-morning and I had the best day. I mean I just really engaged with the people right around me like my kids and my husband and it was so so good and I just enjoyed the way we chose to celebrate Valentine's Day and I didn't compare how you know my way of celebrating ranked against somebody else's or or all of those um, silly things, but they really can get us discouraged. So it was fun too, because a lot of my friends and acquaintances who are listeners were telling me stories like, yeah, I I took your advice. I got, I didn't check social media for most of the day or all of the day or whatever. And I had the best time. I was just more able to appreciate what my spouse did for me on Valentine's Day. So anyways, all that to say, first of all, thank you for joining me. Those of you who were like, yes, I need to take a break from social media on this day. So good. And it was so encouraging to know that I wasn't alone and that we were doing this together. So um, so thank you for joining me on that. One more quick announcement is that you still have a little bit of time to tell me what you did to try something new. We've extended the deadline for the first giveaway of the year. You know, all you have to do is just like, hey, I tried pottery and I'm making something or I went to this place I'd never been before or whatever it is and just tag Sunday Afternoon Mama and then I can see what it was that you did. So um, we have a few people that have already done that, but I just want to encourage you to do that and don't forget because we have some pretty awesome things to give away. It's the handmade yarn garland from Christina, my friend, and another regular guest co-host on the show. Okay, so that wraps up my announcements. Now we're going to dive into 
my conversation with Jonathan, right where we left off last week, talking about building and protecting your marriage. So number two, here's another just thought to pass on to you today. Adjust your expectations. Basically, what I mean here is that we will fail each other, right? (laughs) There's just never going to be even a day go by where we think, man, that was perfect. I didn't mess up at all. I was kind and gentle and patient all day long. You know what I mean? So we can't demand that our spouse be perfect, be like God for us. No human can fill that void in our hearts. And certainly no human can substitute for the perfect peace and love and joy and grace that's only found in him. Okay, number three is to work on communication. (laughs) It is a commonly quoted saying, but I still love it. It basically says the only person you have power to change is yourself. Nagging, arguing, trying to be right, holding a grudge, becoming bitter, refusing to forgive, all adds up to a miserable you and most likely a miserable marriage relationship. All we can be fully responsible for is ourselves, our attitudes, our habits, our thoughts, our words, and our actions. And I would just encourage you to, if you struggle in this, like we all do, Sometimes read up on good communication styles and practice and get better. And if you struggle an extra amount and you're really having trouble, seek help, see a mentor, maybe even go to a solid counselor for a while till you feel like you've got the tools and knowledge to communicate more effectively and with more love. Do you have any other thoughts to add to that? Like how we can work on our communication with each other? Because I know it's just such a sticking point in a lot of marriage relationships. I mean, if communication isn't, working well, Mm -hmm. I would recommend changing up something in that formula. Yeah. So if you tend to talk in the car and you argue in the car, and that one's a big no-no in my book. Yeah. um, Something I really dislike. Then don't talk in the car. Turn the radio on. Yeah. um, Figure something else out. Or a very positive one, frankly. I mean, really change it up as if you're arguing over this and that and you just can't get it. Go play together. Literally, Mm -hmm. you're not nearly as likely, you know, across a tennis net or sledding. Sledding like we did. Yep. That was fun. In Austria. Or when you're having fun, you're much more endorphins, you know, moving through your body. You're much more likely to kind of go back towards where it all began. Getting back towards kind of the roots of your relationship, it usually can be a lot easier than if you're sitting there with the baby screaming. Yep. throwing stuff off his high chair <laughs> and that doesn't really seem to be working and every time you start down a path it ends up in her screaming or you screaming or both of everyone or you know change it up go sit outside or go to a coffee shop where you're too embarrassed to scream yeah i was just gonna say sometimes going somewhere in public because of our pride like we don't want <laughs> we don't want to fight in public most of us i would hope um we don't want to fight we don't want to be like crying or nagging or doing something embarrassing. So that's often a good strategy too. If you're just tense, definitely. So there is a fantastic book that I will link to in the show notes called Love and Respect. And then there's been a lot of other books kind of springboarding off of that by Dr. Emerson Egerichs. And he says a couple of really powerful things I was going to share real quick. He says, always do or say what you do or say, knowing your speech or actions reflect who you are not who your spouse is. And then he also says, no matter how difficult your spouse may be, you cannot blame your negative reactions on your spouse. It's so good. Number four, here's another encouragement to you. Show respect and love always, right? 
Um, another powerful quote from Love and Respect for a Lifetime, the book, says, your husband needs you, this is for wives, of course, but your husband needs you to love him, but he also needs you to like him as a friend. And Jonathan, I'd be curious to hear your thought on that because I think that's so true and so powerful, but it's hard for us women to understand that aspect of like what guys kind of crave and they need from us because we think, well, yes, I still love you. So what's that quote mean to you as far as like, he also needs you to like him as a friend? Well, you know, it's, it kind of goes to me like, I love you right now, but I may not like you. Right. Have you ever heard anything like that? You know, and it's, it's important that you have a big fan at home, someone mm-hmm. that likes you and that you like back. In my opinion, and people might argue with this, we have to work on the love parts down in our heart, that we have to work on the like part. Mm-hmm. You know, and if we're not, if you're not friends with your spouse at all, the odds are that that guy's going to go have friends. Yeah. You know, and there's times where the guy, guy needs a guy friend, the girl needs a girlfriend. Right. And those are healthy relationships. But most human beings have cross-gender relationships. And if you absolutely aren't giving your husband or your wife that relationship, that friendship, odds yeah. are they're going to go find it somewhere in someone, mm-hmm. which is just silly that you're opening yourself up to that kind of risk or expecting someone else to fill that role for you uh, of being the likable and then you'll be the one they're married to because that's just not a recipe for long-term success but be relational with that other person which includes being friendly being friends enjoying each other Mm -hmm. you know i'm gonna go back to the sledding yeah play with her play with him and get back to what you guys used to do um when it all started yeah Another thing that um, these love and respect books have said is just that you can experience disappointment like with your spouse or whatever, but it is your choice to disrespect or be unloving. And again, that's there's always that choice when you have that feeling of like, oh, he just doesn't understand me or oh, she's being so negative and I can't stand it. You know, we have a choice right there to be disappointed and then we have a choice to show respect and love or not. And that's the key moment where we have to make sure we're being careful to protect our marriage and and do what's best for it. Ultimately, remember our kids, if you have kids, our kids are always watching and they're always listening and they pick up on tension between us. Like, you know, even just the little bit of sarcasm or whatever it may be in your tone of voice, you know, kids aren't, kids are smart. They can pick up on that. So let's strive for peaceful homes that begin with peaceful interactions between us as married couples. If there's a lot of unresolved hurt or anger in your heart that kind of erupts during conflicts or in big fights when, or when you're under stress, maybe just confess that and get it out and then receive some joy, you know, receive some forgiveness so that you don't have to inflict that on your children. I love, um, Jonathan mentioned it earlier, but real quick, we have kind of a no fighting in the car unspoken rule that is just like I have failed at this a couple of times but mostly we really really try to stick to this it's just because when you're all in the same vehicle and you're traveling somewhere it's just one of those times that can be so precious and so good or it can be awful you know (laughs) like if you're complaining about the other one's driving or if you're like nitpicking about directions or you're not being helpful or if one of you gets on the passenger gets on their phone like (laughs) sometimes I'm guilty of this where I'm like off in my own world because I have a few minutes to check social media, which is so silly. But then, you know, Jonathan's going, hey, hello, (laughs) I'm driving, but could we talk? (laughs) Could we take advantage of this opportunity to all just talk together and be together as a family? So yeah, just make sure that you're always showing that kind of respect and love to each other. 
in any in any scenario. Lastly, I would say number five is to protect each other. Um, the current vice president actually came under fire from the media. He set this kind of safeguard in his marriage that he never dines out with a female alone. And to me, that's kind of like a rock star move. Like, yeah, that's good marriage protecting. <laughs> and but it was so telling of the culture that we would criticize or make fun of that protection. You know what I mean? Isn't that odd to you? Like, I don't know. I found that kind of interesting. Now, politics aside, because I really don't care to talk about politics, but I just thought, you know, if someone's trying to set up a safeguard and just be like wise in his interactions with other women, you know, that should be kind of applauded in my mind. But I mean, it makes sense to know thyself and yeah. then set up boundaries that you find healthy for for your who you are and how yeah. you function. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not doing one-on-one meals for a lot of guys is probably going to protect you from emotionally diving in. Yeah. Or at least take that risk away because you're not going to... You won't even have, have the, the opportunity. The opportunity yeah. The connection. So yeah. it's a lot of wisdom there. I mean, the, the press tends to rip on anything political either way. Right. So take that with a grain of salt. But, you know, it's... It is wise to limit temptation in yeah. life. I mean, if you're sitting around on the couch with like a huge bowl of M&Ms right. on one side and some sour cream and onion chips on the other, <laughs> it's not going to go well for the whole calorie game right. at that moment. Right. And if you just sit there constantly with that temptation around, yeah, that's not going to um, not going to help you hit a lot of weight loss goals. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's... Set set guards around you. You know, if it's weight, you quit buying those snacks. Right. Sad to say, because I I love candy. (laughs) Um, Candy. Candy. (laughs) And if you find yourself very conversational and easy to dive in and really make friends easy, and maybe maybe that's not healthy for you or your marriage, you know, then do things in more of a group setting. I remember one of our former pastors used to say, "Hey guys, when you go running, like." don't pick a female running partner and just go on these long runs with with just her, right? If that's going to be a temptation and a problem and probably not going to make your wife too happy. And I remember thinking that's so good. It's just, again, another idea for a safeguard, but like a running group would be another option in that setting. Like with mixed, yes, that's fine. And it's just, it's more of a friendship feel. There's accountability. There's not really a risk of getting into a really uncomfortable or tight spot where you're like, oh, this is actually really inappropriate, um, where someone emotionally opens up to you or whatever. So we just have to be aware, you know, because there are so many broken marriages and relationships in this world. So someone might be lonely and wanting to talk to you or open up and you just have to kind of be, be aware, right? Well, it's healthy to talk. It's healthy to have relationships with both other genders. Yeah. Um, I run in a morning group. Um, early in the morning, dark year round. So <laughs> half of these people, I've never even seen their face in the daylight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't recognize them without a beanie in the dark and a headlamp. Yeah. But uh, this good, healthy conversation. Yeah. You know, and it's it's good to, to have a strong peer group and network and all those other things. So that's not what we're talking about. But, totally. You, know, you sit down to a romantic dinner right. with a solo other business partner right you know and that's even if you're the vp of sales and they're the vp buyer right it's just odd abnormal you know other it's just kind of a risk yeah it's a risk conversationally as well i mean it's just nice to have other people around too so yeah i would also add real quick that just kind of to pull it back to where things start with which is often like 
a thought or an idea to like do something and then it leads to other things. Like for example, if watching certain movies or reading certain books or magazines maybe sparks some impure thoughts or desires within us, I mean, run away. (laughs) Don't even go down the aisle where those things are or stop buying, stop looking, whatever it is. Once you realize that's a problem, you know, to just guard our eyes because a lot of times thoughts and ideas and, and things can get kind of stuck in our minds and images are so powerful. So we end with phones and with all the technology we have, we really have to, I mean, it's one thing if something pops up unexpectedly and you're like, oh, I really did not mean to see that. But it's another thing if you go, I knew that was there and you kind of go back to it or you kind of, whatever, you know what I'm saying. So I just would say kind of another safeguard in marriage is to really guard our eyes and our, and not just, I, I would advocate here, like not just men, like women too, because just because we have all heard, oh, guys are more visual, blah, 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 well, whatever. But no, women can see someone or see a situation or have an expectation of their husband based on images that isn't real, you know? Well, and for-profit companies yeah, um, take beautiful pictures and show it to us and makes us all envy the lifestyle too. So it may not necessarily be... Um, yes, a person yeah. that you're lusting after. It may be a lifestyle or yes. some other sort of dissatisfaction that That's a great our material point. world loves to put into our heads mm-hmm. that uh, can eat their way into your marriage and then you're dissatisfied with your income. Yeah. Dissatisfied with your amount of time off. Yep. Dissatisfied with... I mean, so um, relationship needs protection from a lot of angles. It's not just... Yeah. It's not like... Only a girl can step in and right. mess with a guy. It can be a car. Yeah. It can be, you know, for me, it's REI or skiing stuff. Yeah, like a like, lifestyle. <laughs> it's like, I think I got in like 90 ski days in Austria. And right. I don't think I've gotten in 90 ski days since I've met you. Right. And uh, <laughs> going on that's nine years. <laughs> kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's so true. I love that point. So to sum up those five tips that we just shared. I'll share them one more time. Number one was to share your story often. Number two was to adjust your expectations. Make sure they're actually realistic expectations. Number three was to work on our communication. Number four was to show respect and love always. And number five was to protect each other. So We hope this conversation has been helpful. We hope that you've gotten some ideas and practical steps that you could take. Maybe these things are kind of already rolling around in your mind and you're thinking, yeah, I've been meaning to do that or, whoa, I didn't realize that I was kind of needing to be encouraged in this area. I hope this has been an encouraging talk for you to listen to. We have just a few more things and then we'll wrap this whole episode up. But um, yeah, it's been awesome to talk with you, babe. So thanks for being here. Thank you again for having me. Yeah. So before we go, we just wanted to share our favorite things and like a bumblebee moment and we're good to go. So Jonathan, do you want to share maybe like one or two of your favorite things that maybe they've been favorite things your whole life or maybe they're recent? I don't know. Just You know, my favorites, I'll, I'll kind of stick with the theme I've been on. <laughs> I love to snow ski. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoy traveling. So, you know, I you mix the two, more power to me. I've, I've never actually made it all the way to the Himalayas or anywhere truly exotic, but I spent a lot of time across the U.S. and parts of Canada and across the Alps. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a big fan of skiing in the Alps. Everyone over there has perfect form. Yeah. My ski partner a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah, we, we just vacation, went. Uh-huh. was 64 years old. Yeah. And uh, I would consider myself expert 
level skier. Yeah. And it wasn't everything I could do to keep up. It wasn't a big deal, but I certainly wasn't keeping he was up awesome. nearly as pretty <laughs> as he was doing it. Yeah. Look back at his line and look at my flubbed line down yeah. the hill. And uh, the perfection of the Austrian skiing is is it's a little more beautiful than how we do it. Impressive. Yeah. I, I have a lot of function, a lot of skill. And speed, right? You're fast. I can, I can go fast and I can miss the trees. That's always, That's cri- always critical. <laughs> Get around it. Also Not, a helpful way to make your marriage last, miss the trees. Yeah. <laughs> Stay alive. Yeah, it, it's helpful. Yeah. Harder than you sometimes think. Yeah. And then you said traveling in general. I really enjoy traveling. I enjoy traveling. I have narrowed my focus to kind of that Germanic Alpine region and then over to, you know, the French, basically the Alpine region. Mm-hmm. Some French and Italian as well. But being basically fluent in German, I do enjoy sticking where I can actually... Yeah. Talk to people. Yeah. You know, I've traveled other places and th- throughout Asia and a couple other different things. And it's fun. A lot across the States and Canada and been through Mexico. I've, I've focused in on some of the European things. And it's really neat to get to know the people and the culture a little bit better. And you've built good relationships there, which is also mm-hmm. why it's awesome for us to keep keep in touch and go and yeah, connect with them. and Strong friends and, yeah. you know, interesting different culture friends where I won't talk to them for four or five years and then all of a sudden you're with them for a couple weeks and it's like you never left. Oh, Um, can you share with everyone real quick, wasn't this the 10-year kind of anniversary since you had been there in Austria? When I first moved there for that three months of house sitting was 10 years ago. Yeah. January 2008. Which is so awesome because then Mm -hmm. he met me. And And a lot of these relationships that I forged, (laughs) you know, that we were meeting with um, a few weeks ago were built 10 years ago. And a few of them were people I had not seen in 10 full years. Yeah. Um, So it's fun to go back to a place after a decade. And in Austria, the place is still the same, Mm -hmm. largely. Yeah. Um, And, you know, remember, oh, man, we went here for, uh, you know, dinner and then we do met with this person or that person, or you meet with someone who's like, I met you at, at this castle when we went to this Ritamal. <laughs> yeah. Know, and like, oh, yeah, that, that was a great night. And, you know, it was just, it's a lot of fun to pinpoint out little things. And it's fun to be remembered 10 years later. Yeah, no one um, forgot you. <laughs> I'm sure some did. <laughs> well, I mean, the people we met with, obviously, were like excited to see you again. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, so that's, those are a lot of fun. You know, and to try different things is always fun, too. Like when they say sledding, we think up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And like getting annoyed, children screaming. Like, yeah. all right, I'm just going to go into the lodge now. Oh, yeah. This is not how. This sledding was incredible. Sledding, as I don't know if Hannah's told you all, but is hiking for two hours up to <laughs> an amazing little hutta and then gorging yourself on every sort of food and dessert and coffee and hot chocolate. Yep. And any sort of else you want to drink in a ceramic fireplace and yeah and then you sled back down to the car one (laughs) One time big sledding trip one big time with a lot of speed and a lot of length yeah yeah it was it was literally like i said before it was the most fun i've had like with you in a long time it was just incredible my favorite things right now a couple of them are european style lunches which are kind of the bread cheese meat fruit and maybe even a little bit of plain yogurt with a honey drizzle on top or some dried fruit reading memoirs and autobiographies i love doing that 
hearing my seven-year-old, she's seven, she's seven now, which I can't believe, read out loud because she's doing really, really well, enjoying the elaborate calico critter stories that my daughters will make up together. And lastly, little bub saying very excitedly, more, 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 more. And he just, he kind of sounds like the seagulls on Finding Nemo who say, mine, mine, mine. (laughs) It's just amazing. Oh, and I don't want to forget, I also am loving peaceful cello music in the early morning hours when we first get up and have coffee. It's kind of that quiet, dark time of the morning and I just, just love it. Okay, one more thing and then we are done. So our kids can be super funny and the most random things can happen at home. And we've just decided to call them bumblebee moments because my five-year-old daughter says the word bumblebee, but she says bumblebee, right? So it's just one of those cute things I don't want to ever forget. So if you have a bumblebee moment to share, please go to sundayafternoonmama.com and click on share a bumblebee moment and it'll direct you to a super easy page to just send me your story. And I can't wait. So for this week's one, Jonathan's going to share his favorite bumblebee moment from our kids. So I'm going to pull a fast one on you. Oh, my okay. bumblebee moment today is from my, <laughs> from, from you. Oh, from me? From you. Um, there's a child inside of you. And when we were sledding down that hill, you were giggling uncontrollably and yes. screaming. And we, I have it on recorded. Yeah. You were holding the phone. Yes, I was. Recording the whole thing. And then for days afterwards, my friend Matias was telling everyone about, oh, well, you should have heard her laughing when we sledded. <laughs> I was. Or, I don't know if you heard, could understand him telling that story over no, and over again. No, probably not. It was in German. They just got a killer kick out of out of that and you know to see the child within within us child within you giggling and having so much fun and (laughs) in the snow yes you know getting back to your five-year-old canadian canadian roots roots. (laughs) um that i hadn't seen in you in many many years i know you know and sometimes to to see that the bumblebee in in each other in ourselves and remember that you know that that's still there and go find that yeah that was a ton of fun for me yeah oh thank you babe Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Thank you again, babe, for being with us. It was so fun to chat with you. You're welcome. (laughs) Be sure to tune in next week. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. Good old-fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. Come visit SundayAfternoonMama.com and follow me at Sunday Afternoon Mama on Facebook and Instagram. There's always some fun bonus content on my Instagram stories as well. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye for now, sweet friends.